1420 WBSM Broadcast Center. This is the Ken Pittman Show. Get interactive. Become a keyboard warrior on WBSM's Facebook page. Read Pittman's latest blogs on WBSM.com and call 508-996-0500 to get on the air. Now, the unapologetically conservative Ken Pittman. This week surrounded the video of the two police officers responding to an unruly crowd in Times Square outside of a hotel that was housing a uh, large number of illegal immigrants that were staying on behalf of the taxpayers. And um, while they were trying to calm the crowd down, they were violently attacked by... I don't know, it looked like seven to nine altogether. The two officers uh, did not use lethal force because, of course, um, they're not allowed to protect themselves to the level where they can enforce the law. It's no longer acceptable. Otherwise, they'll, they'll burn the city down. So they had to sit there and take it. But I just want to tell you, um, you know, people were really upset with that video. That's... Most cops at some point in their careers go through something like that. That because that was caught on video. Now everybody's upset, and yeah, it is. It's hard to watch because you know these are. If you back the blue, that's a very difficult thing to watch. In a city like New York, though, you have to understand, it's very much like Boston. There are city councilors who rule that city. And don't like the police. In fact, they weren't really concerned enough. And don't forget, Alvin Bragg, the DA there, released them uh, once they, they were arrested. The half of them that were arrested, they released them. They're out, out, there's no bail in New York. So, and I, a lot of you probably saw the video. They come out and they're either covering their face or they're laughing at the cameras because they, they can't believe that just there's no consequences for very much in America anymore. So the Democrats have really reduced... Civility, reduced safety, reduced order, sovereignty, national security, all these things um, at every level. And you, you wonder, why, why would they think these, these are good ideas? I, I'd like to hear some of your theories today. 508-996-0500. Why would they be doing all these things? Now, a lot of you know I, I travel the country. I travel outside of the country with uh, a band that I'm in and... When I have these kinds of discussions, I sort of columbo my way through it. In other words, I don't let these strangers know my, my true political feelings or whatever knowledge I have. I'm very limited in, in sharing these things. I just want to see what other people are thinking, pretty much. I mostly listen. So I, and I, I do listen in so many different parts of the country. 
And it, it is, um, it's amazing to me when some people, and, I, and otherwise very nice people, very generally pleasant to, to speak with, interesting, humorous. And we, it was about the time when this would have been uh, when Kenosha and Baltimore and all these cities were rioting and looting and there was arson, assaults because of the high-profile uh, police violence on black Americans. And, you know, whether I was in Ohio or Indiana or, or Florida... People would just, matter of fact, burn it all. Burn it to the ground. Start over. And I realized that, you know, while they're more guarded when elected, these, are the, these people in positions like in Boston and New York are of the same mindset. ICE, Customs Enforcement, they're not allowed to come into sanctuary cities because of state laws. When a Republican like Donald Trump is, is the president, we're reminded. I'm sorry. Let me reverse that. When uh, Barack Obama was president and, and governors in Arizona and Texas were trying to do something about the lawless border, the open border. The mainstream media, the Democratic Party, the president, the White House constantly saying immigration is a federal issue. You don't have the power. They're doing it again with Governor Abbott in Texas, who's saying, look, the federal government's not protecting the border. It's deeply affecting not just the country, but my state in particular. And the Biden White House is quick to remind him federal government decides on matters of immigration. If that's true, how come the federal agencies like ICE can't go into sanctuary cities because of state laws, because of local laws, which prevent cooperation with ICE? How is that, how is that consistent in your mind? Can you explain that to me? I need some explanations today, some theories and explanations. Um, and that's just what's going on in, in the country. Joe Biden claims uh, the other day that he he helped to manufacture, he, he helped to create uh, 800,000 manufacturing jobs. And of course, the intellectual dishonesty when it comes to these claims that the the White House has been making under Joe Biden is they're, they're trying to take credit for the jobs that came back to life after the pandemic shutdown. They were actually having the audacity to, to just hope you never learn that that's included in their claims. Jobs that were already in existence. He did have a good uh, quarterly jobs report, if, if it's true, almost doubling the expected, but they always walk it back in the next couple of weeks, so I'll keep an eye on that for you. But it seems to have been a good quarter for the White House. No question. Uh, inflation is slowing down. It's still 
not acceptable. People are still able to get by with less than they did four years ago. Even if you're making more money now than you were four years ago, you're still not netting as much as you were four years ago. So that's just the domestic problems, right? I mean, we've had so many fiascos, so many unacceptable levels of performance, whether it's the transportation department, you know, we get trains tipping over, toxic spills, dangerous situations in so many towns because of them. Pete Buttigieg goes on vacation. <laughs> the transportation secretary, Mayor Pete, who only has the job because he endorsed Biden as a presidential candidate. He's not qualified for the job. It's not, it's just what they do in Washington. But you had thousands of container ships backed up off of Long Beach, California, where they're trying to unload their merchandise and get it out to the, the public. It was a, a chaotic, it was much like the highways out there in L.A. Just backed up, chaotic. They were out there for months at a time getting resupplied by smaller boats or by helicopters to, to feed the, the crew and to fill up the, uh, the fuel again. That's how long they were out there. I mean, absurd. And But that was just a microcosm of how this White House is operating. Now, I'll remind you of what the response was from the media who got their marching orders from the Democratic Party when Donald Trump ordered a strike on General Soleimani when he was in Iraq, the Iranian general responsible for the massive amounts of IEDs that were killing or wounding thousands of American troops over the last 10 years. In Iraq, got an opportunity, killed the terrorist. One strike. We're told that 80 different places were struck, finally, but by Joe Biden. No such narration, no such uh, description of similar, he doesn't have the authority, he's going to start a war. 80 strikes in three different countries yesterday. Iraq, Syria, Jordan. So you're, you're being, there's a, there is a mind control going on if you're not aware of it. And so I know most of my audience knows how to filter through these things, but there are those who don't and need to understand how to do that. One of the benchmarks, the Russians have threatened to bring the Wagner Group the mercenaries down to help Hezbollah with anti-aircraft batteries and missiles. One of them was such a strike the Americans engaged in in retaliation for the three fallen soldiers. So now what happens uh, is going to be interesting. If, if they do, if the Russians come down and are embedded with Hezbollah and American airstrikes start killing Russians, we're getting closer to something bigger, aren't we? They can't be allowed. Of course, the Wagner Group cannot be allowed to bring these munitions down, these, these, because the air superiority that we have right now, if that's gone, a lot more activity, a lot more violence is going to begin. 
focused on Israel, focused on the West. There is a reason we commit to so much might in that region, and that would be one of them. But the underwhelming response by Biden, I mean, all these attacks on our soldiers over the last few weeks, you, you know, you have a responsibility to create an immediate deterrence. And you know, Blinken and Biden, we don't want to expand the war. That's all Iran needs. If, if you don't want it, they want it. So, of course, they're going to continue undeterred. So it's just not, uh, and, and, and you, you had a secretary of defense who didn't even tell the president. He was in surgery, was unavailable. While these things were going on. Not, not this last retaliation by the American airstrikes that I just mentioned, but everything else. There was really no, no direct chain of command. It was in limbo. His second in command wasn't even aware. His staff alone was aware that he was unavailable under the knife. So that's what's going on overseas. The Ukrainians are running out of munitions. Joe Biden says the future requires a Ukrainian win, but he's tying immigration into the munitions. He won't, he won't unilaterally arm them. He wants to play games so he can point the finger. And so something so important isn't so important that it, it would um, be beneficial to his campaign, apparently. That's the, that's the priority, re-election. Not the future of the West. <laughs> so it's hard to believe, this is what I'm talking about, it's hard to believe when you think about the credibility uh, the Ukraine, whatever happens in Ukraine, that's weighing, that's the, that's the marker for what's going to happen to the rest of the West. But I'm going to tie it into U.S. border so that the Republicans don't vote so I have somebody to point to. And then I'll talk to you about the dangers and the imminent threat of global warming. Where's the credibility? If this, is, if this is our evidence of how credible he is. I mean, don't forget, this is the same guy who in 2014 is helping Barack Obama to shut down fracking and natural gas and oil exploration on public lands. Then he goes over to Ukraine where his son is working in an energy company and he's lecturing... Ukrainian authorities to let this company frack away. They got to get that stuff out of the ground, whatever it takes. Guy just isn't credible. He's incredible. Watch your calls 508-996-0500 right after the first break. You're listening to Ken Pittman. WBSM, New Bedford.
You're listening to Ken Pittman this morning and every Saturday from 9 to noon. Glad to take your calls at 508-996-0500. Just a bevy of problems here um, in February of 2024. And the Democratic primary takes place in South Carolina. I think they vote today, right? And that is the state that pretty much saved Joe Biden because he was dead in the water uh, politically after Iowa and New Hampshire, and he rallied. And, I mean, I think what happened was the Democratic Party realized there was nobody in that field who could possibly take on Donald Trump and win. There was no serious person. Uh, and so they went with him, and starting... Uh, in in South Carolina, I think once they saw that he could win a primary, what, what, they really had no choice. I mean, look who look who else was in that field. Just, which I think I'm, I'm astounded that the Democrats have such a thin bench when it comes to presidential candidates. You know, there's just not a there's not a lot of moderates left. So the far left, uh, it's not going to work. Just like the far right's not going to really work all that much. Um, I think we watched Donald Trump evolve to the right uh, as as the polls showed. And, and I think he started becoming a true believer in those things. But typically, far right, far left doesn't really get you very far politically in a national election. 508-996-0500. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Pittman. Hi. I have one question for you. All right. If the Secretary of Defense called the president and told him he was going in for surgery, do you think the president would have understood any of that at all? Well, I think the people that um, would have been in on that phone call would have. And I do think he's at least competent enough to understand he's going to be unavailable. I don't think he's that far gone yet. I think by the end of the term, it's very likely that'll be the case. But I think he would, we, he would have comprehended that. I, I think they've got him pumped up on something heavy, you know. Like, he does have, you, I, you know, you say that, I, I, like whether it's a super Adderall or whatever it is, because he has days that are far better than the average day. Yeah, and and, and the days that he's so far gone or seems so far gone, right, it's hard to believe that he gets a moment of clarity without being heavily medicated, you know. I mean, he and can't even I, navigate himself off of a, a 10 by 12 foot stage without assistance and then some days he's just sharp because they don't want the public to see him without his medication i'm sure yeah you know yeah and uh um yeah but but i i i'll be surprised if he's not totally immobilized before before the uh um, the election you know and i i I don't know what their plan is they've got to have a plan b well nikki haley is is now riding on the idea that there will be a woman president before 2028 whether it's her or Kamala Harris. Um, I, I don't. I don't think she should say it's a fact. I would, you know, she's getting away with it because she's just going to say, "Well, that's what most Americans believe," and I believe it. But yeah. that's not a fact. It's it's a possibility. Um, yeah. And first, she would have to get by her own primary. But she's warning people with that warning that um, you know Trump can't win and she can. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's. That's. I don't think she. The only way she's going to win is is like. Like in the New Hampshire primaries, um, uh, she, I, I, from what I understand, a lot of uh, um, independents uh, voted 
as Republicans in order for her to get the base that she, you know, the amount of votes that she's got. Yeah. And so that's not going to happen everywhere. That won't happen everywhere. You know, I doubt it. But but you never know. It's really hard. It's going to be a very strange year. That's all I can tell you. Man. Well, that's for sure. That's for sure because I think the growing threat internationally is uh, the foreign policy is going to start to mount to be equally important and. Uh, I think people are also going to have to weigh, you know, the decision based on what was the climate of the world on January nineteenth, twenty twenty, and what is it today? Yes, that and 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 I also believe um, very instrumental part of it all is going to be the black vote. I truly believe that that the black vote is going to be very instrumental in Trump winning. Well, they're I, doing. I, he's he's absolutely making gains there because I think people when you when you watch interviews, a lot of Black Americans are saying, you know, I. I get it. You know, the guy's not perfect, but my I was doing better. I was doing better when he was yeah. in office. There's no, I don't want to lie. That's what's happening. And you're getting a lot of that. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, accusations and campaigns about racism in Donald Trump um, as the months go on, because that is going to be a factor. Yeah, yeah. And, and absolutely, yeah, no, without a doubt. And they're going to, yeah, they don't have anything. They, they, they only have the same old handful of tricks that they keep throwing around, you know. And so it will be interesting. Uh, well, the, the dangerous thing, though, is we know because this this social experiment of media, big tech, and government mind manipulation is that when people hear it enough times, they believe it. We're seeing it. Oh, they certainly do. And I'll, I'll ask people, I'll ask people that are Democrats that are, you know, uh, well, what do you think? And they'll, they'll give me an opinion based upon what the, uh, the media is saying. And I'll say, well, just give me one example. All I want is one example of it. Move it one time. Give me one example of something he said. Yeah, they're willing to parrot. They're willing to parrot a lot of these things that are, that have already been debunked because they don't get to read. Or, or <laughs> but but you know it, the the reality is their vote is equally as powerful as a knowledgeable person. So um, absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah. And that's and 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 we gotta be thankful for that in a way. But at the same time, man, you gotta be able to take an IQ test. Well, you know, I, I know some pretty high IQs who don't. It doesn't reflect on their voting uh, record. Yeah, but. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I get it, and I get it, and, and, and you know, we're all designed a little bit differently too. To think differently, you know. Yep. And um, and, and that's what we got to Good morning, my friend. It's Phil McDonald. Hey, Phil. How are you? Good, my friend. Three weeks ago tonight, my semi-pro football team, we won the national championship down in Florida, so I'm just regrouping. I haven't been paying attention to politics that much. When, when was the uh, game? Saturday night, three weeks ago. Who, what was the team? Southern New England Admirals. They started here seven years ago at AAA in the East Coast Football League. We won the league championship last year and the year before. We played the national championship last year and lost by one point. And we went down here and dominated 32 to 12. And we didn't even have a fourth quarter because a fight broke out and they were physically beating each other up on the other sideline. <laughs> Did the win count? Oh, of course it does. Okay. Yeah. So national yeah. champions, where, where are they based out of? Uh, North Smithfield, Rhode Island. We moved over there to be regionalized because we're close to the colleges and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they started right here. We used to practice down in the um, Roberto Clemente baseball field down there off of Route 8. Yeah, I seem to remember that th th they were involved in a, in a finals game. Um, and a lot of area people, right? A lot of um, a lot of people from this area are on that team. Yep, you're absolutely right. Jared Antil 
uh, the one he has the gym now there down in the Kibburn Mills. Yep. The championship game two years ago was up in Brockton at Brockton High School. Phil Paleolocus was there and his wife and some of the family that were there in the art in the stands and stuff. And I got read. The guy that owns that team now was one of the last guys I brought over from a double A championship team to triple A here in New Bedford. So now is this the same? That, they, I, I, I'm not familiar with this team. Do, do, are they? Do they play like? Um, I don't even know, you know if these teams are in existence. I had once played for the the uh, Randolph Oilers. Um, you know, you had yes, same, same league with Randolph. Middleborough Cobras. A couple of different leagues, but Randolph um, is actually last year and this year um, they de- rededicated to getting back to their old values where they used to be. They're they're really recruiting right now, really strong. They're going. They're even bringing back some of some new uniforms, kind of an old look. And um, I was with another team briefly last year, started out helping out out of Fall River. And one of our wins was against Randolph at Randolph, which is really up in Hanson. Um, they don't play in Randolph anymore. They play three miles away. But So it was a quite the experience. I've been around semi-pro football off and on about combined about 20 years, um, three of the four leagues here in New England. So, and um, who, who, who did they beat in the national championship game, Phil? We beat the Inglewood, Illinois. Um, this is a funny story. Yardbirds. Now, I was thinking Inglewood, California. So when we found out who we were playing. I spent four hours over a three-night period watching film. <laughs> so I sent some notes out to some of the <laughs> coaches, right? And out there, it's called the Blackbirds. So it was close. So one of the coaches gets back to me and says, Phil, I like some of your observations, but these numbers and names you're saying ain't matching up for what I'm watching. What's going on, brother? Oh, that's One funny. One of the other players calls me and says, Phil, I did the same thing. It's Illinois. I didn't even know Inglewood, Illinois existed. But do they? Does, do two teams from the western part of the country, uh, are they engaged in this as well, this, this championship? Oh, yeah. There's, um, there's 30, I believe, 32 leagues what's called the American Football Association, which governs all of it, at the AAA level, is over 400 teams, so it's even bigger than college. And uh, for a three-week period, there's all these bowl games they had um, in Texas and in Florida. The Yardbirds were considered the fourth-ranked team in the nation, and we this past week, we got the designation of best team in the nation. Where were you yeah, before that, though? Where, where, what were you typically ranked during the year? All year, we were between first and fourth, and the rankings wow. came out like in the fourth or fifth week. Last year, we were ranked second, and the, and the uh, Detroit Ravens were ranked number one. They went down to Texas this year and played like a sub bowl. We're hoping to get them back in the near future. Um, it's kind of ironic. They were, they were called the Ravens in Baltimore, but they just went through. But going to politics, yeah. we've known each other quite a while, but just say we don't. I've been independent for the last four years and unenrolled. Mm-hmm. What three points in a platform does the Republicans have right now to bring the independence over? Because I think that's the only way. If Trump is going to win this time or whoever's going to win, whoever gets 55% or more of the unenrolled independent, I've been around politics 40 years plus. What, what would you say to me if you were trying to recruit me? Immigration, war, energy. Those three things. We are being forced into electrical vehicles. Do you know, I, I just read a, a fantastic 
uh, mm-hmm. story, just a very interesting story. You know how heavy these EVs are, the electric vehicles, because of the batteries? Well, sure, they are. There's a new there's a new uh, video out that I think is shocking almost everybody who's watching it. These cars just crash right through the these um, the guardrails. And, and even Jersey barriers um, are, are giving way. These the guard, yeah, I, we have a hundred. I witnessed one about three months ago heading into Boston, um, just before Randolph, and I was floored. And I, as soon as I saw it going through, and it wasn't going to stop, I was looking to the coming back this way. At that moment, thank God, it was like eleven thirty in the morning. There wasn't a lot of traffic, so cars could swerve around. It would have caused so much chaos because they ended up in the middle lane of the other lane coming at us. There's yeah. there's 140,000 miles of guardrail in the United States, according to the U.S. Highway um, Transportation mm-hmm. Department. And they are basically giving the resistance of wiffle ball bat plastic to these EVs when they when they are struck at or near a 90 degree angle. It is an unbelievable thing to witness. They just rip apart like nothing. The intensity of the fires, the systems. So it's a fire. The difficulty in putting the fires out. If, the fire departments will tell you. Down and you get in an accident. You're trapped in a vehicle. You got to smash those vehicles and get out. Smack the windows and get out. Yep. Well, the, the, right now the average fire department's not not really equipped to start. If one of these fires and these these big batteries, um, once it gets going, it's very difficult to to deal you with. Remember a little over a year ago, there was a fire down in Wareham. It took them three and a half hours and over twenty thousand gallons of water to put it out. No, no, that's yeah, I interesting. Think, I think it was a landscape uh, landscape company or right next to it. Well, you remember the remember the uh, the three firemen that were killed in uh, New Jersey on the docks uh, fighting a, a, a fire on a ship. Yes, yes, yeah, they were trying to put out car fires, electrical car fires on the ship. Cars. Yeah, yeah, that, that thing burned for a day and a half. Yep, I think longer. I think they couldn't get the fire off. I think it was more like five days. Oof, wow. So, Incredible. anyway, Phil, great phone call. Congratulations! That truly is a national championship. Yeah, and um, we were we we took a few days off, literally, and we're always back recruiting. There's act this league actually has a summer league, spring league, which starts in a little while. Wait, where was the and, game? Where was the game before you get um, into that? The game is at Alamont Springs High School, which is right next to Orlando, like the Haven Institute of Bedford. Oh, and. Um, I wouldn't have come right home. I wouldn't have come directly home either. I think I would have hung out down in Florida for a few days. I had to come back. We um, we played Saturday night, and we hit the road Sunday at 5 o'clock. We drove straight back through with four drivers, but we stopped a lot. We're all just so beat up and bodies tight and stuff. But we made, we made it down in 20 hours and came back in 24. Actually, today at the gym, at the 508 gym down in the Kilburn Mills, the South Coast Cowboys, which is a single A league, which George Dua is starting. Um, they're putting together their first inaugural season. If someone wants to play football, they're over 18 years old and feel physically fit. Sing on by Jared Antill, which is Jim there in the Kilburn Mills. Cool. Um, love to have you. All right, Phil. Thank you very much, and congratulations again. Always a pleasure. Take care. 508 um, 996 Yes. I mean, I... I was in and out of that league. It just wasn't something that was for me. <laughs> um, the risk-reward thing, and I had too much going on. But um, you, you got to have your head on a swivel on that league. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so apparently they do it right over there. 508-996-0500. All right. Uh, Iran is condemning the airstrikes 
And um, the Wagner Group in Russia is based on what they said. If such and such happened with the airstrikes and this American attacking Americans attacking this or that, they would come down with anti-aircraft missiles, sophisticated ones provided by Russia. And and we would be foolish to allow that to happen. So you know we'd have to give a multiple amount of warnings, and then we would have to actually take them out. And if that means killing Russians, that means an expansion that we may not be prepared to face. But once those are in, they're in for good without a lot, without uh, heavy casualties to get them out. So the, the idea would be to not let them ever get there. And Ukraine is apparently getting low on ammunition, and their their goal is to manufacture a million suicide drones. Well, that happened fast, didn't it? The drones replacing humans, and as robotics advances, it's a frightening future when you th- when you think about it, because it's uh, that is in some areas just progressing faster than you can imagine. The ability of some of these robots. Which, in a lot of scenarios, would be a great thing, like when we look at the the Fukushima nuclear plant in Japan, there was no solution. I was, I don't know if you remember that, when the earthquake happened, a lot of you must remember this, the earthquake followed by the tsunami, which knocked out the coolant system of the nuclear power plant, which was creating a meltdown, and uh, what happened was they they ended up uh, using suicide. It was a suicide mission for the senior citizens who were able to do what they did. Part, part of the solution was to have them go in, and they did. Exposing themselves to radiation to, to get X, Y, or Z done. But I don't know. I just, maybe I watched too, too many movies and uh, I was prepared to be overwhelmed and impressed by Japanese robotics. And they had nothing. They had nothing. I, Three Mile Island. The Americans had a, a robot of some sort, some sort of mechanized uh, robot that went in to do something. I, I mean, now, all these years later, especially in a nation like Japan, who had to have thought about this scenario. Um, maybe not the tsunami knocking out the coolant system following the earthquake, but... They, they must have thought there's going to be a need at some point our nuclear power plants will be affected by an earthquake or whatever because they always have them. The use of robots. So when they had nothing, I was shocked. <laughs> um, but now, uh, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And, of course, it's war. I mean, what advanced technology faster than World War II? We've advanced more in the last 80 years than we have in the last 50,000. And socially, we've regressed, unfortunately. That's not a good combination. But uh, anyway, 508-996-0500. I'll take my final break, and uh, we'll take your phone calls. 508-996-0500, and we'll get right back into it.
I think it was a setback for the prosecution against Donald Trump in New York. Uh, the judge has indefinitely suspended that trial. It was supposed to take place, I think, uh, on Super Tuesday. Coincidence, right? <laughs> Prosecutors wanted it on Super Tuesday. It, it, this is clearly election meddling. I mean, if Trump has charges, why are they falling apart if they're legit? Now, this lawsuit that he lost by um, libeling E. Jean Carroll, um, and she's going around spiking the football on TV shows saying she's going to donate this money to things he hates, and she's, she's slandering him and slamming him. Um, you know, he, he just said she was unstable in his, in his way. I'm sure it was more crass, but he, he negatively portrayed her, and she says people were threatening her. Um, what she's doing now would create, I think, some hostility for, for Trump supporters, the unstable ones, but uh, point is, this case, it will be appealed. I don't. I don't see it going. I don't see how this could end up st sticking. I mean, there's so much wrong with this case. She claims Trump's DNA is on the dress. Sounds familiar, right? This was the Clinton thing with with um, Monica Lewinsky, right? Remember that that was. It's almost like it's borrowed. I. I. I but this dress, she put it away. She said, kept the dress. The DNA still on it. She keeps it in her closet ever since that 1994 attack on on her by then uh, just a private citizen, Donald Trump, who sexually attacked her. She claims rape in a department store. And I think the New York Times was actually the, the ones who came up with it first, but the dress wasn't available to the public till 1996, two years later. And she simply responded days later or weeks later, I forget. It, was, it wasn't right away, but oh, that, that must have been 96 then. This is reminiscent of a couple of things, and one of the things that it, it reminds me of is um, what happened to Justice Kavanaugh. And an accuser who didn't have any witnesses, couldn't tell you where, couldn't tell you when. And the Democrats were so ready to believe. I mean, he was getting his life threatened. There were people storming into the Supreme Court. Much like the fashion of January 6th, they didn't break anything to get in. But they disrupted a congressional panel in the hearing. Uh, it just, um, just it's really surreal what we're witnessing, the, the double standards. He was guilty, he was presumed guilty and had to prove his innocence, even though the witness the the victim could produce no witnesses, no date, no place. No specifics. She even named witnesses. All of them said, I don't know what she's talking about. Yet, it, it didn't stop the media from helping you to be convinced he did it. But this one's interesting because there's a lot, <laughs> there's so many holes in, in E. Jean Carroll's story. It, it's going to be hard to imagine this thing sticking. His $10 million loss in the lawsuit now 
because he libeled her, the jury then said, no, well, it goes up to $83 million. How broke can the guy be that he's willing to lose $83 million by just not talking about her? And down in Georgia, what about that case? I mean, it's it's just embarrassing for, I guess, well, we'll start with Fannie Willis. The, the prosecutor was accused of hiring her lover, a married man, to help her prosecute. And was paying him $100 an hour more than she was paying the other prosecutor. She said that's just racist Trump making things up. Well, the two of them admitted it yesterday that they have had sex. They have had a relationship. So now, where are you going to find a jury that's going to believe her? If she lied, she lied then. All you have to do is prove somebody's lying. Okay, you lied about this, so you're a liar. It's falling apart, and the media doesn't want to let you know about it. But, I mean, even in New York, three out of five charges were dropped. This, the way it was explained to me is that the, the process is the punishment. These are just, these are the coffee tables in the middle of the night that you have to walk past, right? They get you in the shin, um, but they'll be out of the way eventually designed to help Donald Trump stay out of the White House. I am, it is new territory for me that I have such little trust in the legal process. When I, because I've, I've seen too much. I, my eyes and ears can't unsee and unhear what I know. We know Facebook, Twitter... Instagram, right? All the big tech social media cooperated with the FBI, with the Democratic Party, with the Clinton campaign. CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC. They all knew the Russian collusion concerns that the FBI was looking into originated as a hoax from the Clinton campaign. And they went forward in the hopes of stopping Donald Trump from getting in the White House. How can I fully trust? And that's not in question, folks. How can I fully trust the process right now? You have a witness, uh, a victim who accused Kavanaugh. They found him. They found Kavanaugh guilty with such a poor accusation. Even the, the second woman that stepped forward said he raped her in Yale. She even admitted she was told to say it. You, you got to look for that because the mainstream media is not going to report that. E. Jean Carroll says she has a Trump's DNA from a dress she wore when he assaulted her in 1994. The dress wasn't even sold till 1996. And then you got, uh, what's that young lady's name? That Tara Reid accused Joe Biden of a, not raping her, but groping her, reaching, reaching to her privates in the halls of Congress, in the Capitol building in a corner, 
cornered her and then groped her. She's not accusing of a rape, but she said it happened. Now she's saying the FBI has been investigating me as a, as a Russian asset because she made that claim. All women deserve to be believed? 13 women made the claim against Clinton and they were all either smart enough to deny they ever said it or they were dragged through the mud by the media. Starting back when he fled the country during the, the Vietnam War to avoid the draft in Oxford University. He was kicked out of Oxford University. He was accused of sexual assault. That was the first of 13 total women making the claim. And of course, the very same people that have problems with Trump's moral compass were the very same voices saying, I don't care what he does in his private life, it's what he does as president. Just, it's just nonstop lies, hypocrisy. Especially in light of the fact that this woman, her, her claim, it just doesn't add up to me. We'll talk after the break. You're listening to Ken Pittman. WBSM and W258DR New Bedford. New Bedford's news talk station, 1420 AM and 99.5 FM. WBSM, a town square media station.